0: you're listening to killer queens a true crime podcast some material may be disturbing and we use adult language listener discretion is advised if you love the show be sure to hit subscribe so that you never miss new episodes and if you want to support the show please visit www.patreon.com slash killer queens pod for as little as three dollars a month gets you early access to shows and amazing additional content now on to today's case Part dose. Guess who's back? Becca again. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So, part two of Natalie Wood. We're going to... Oh. I'll let you say it. Let's launch into it. Well, where we left off was that the coroner or the medical examiner, excuse me, said that he thought that she was trying to get back to shore because... Christopher Walken and Robert Wagner had a big fight. Yeah. And everybody was like, eh, hey, hey, yeah. something else happened there. What happened? Yeah. He was like, no, no, no. Let me just like calm everything down. Let me just make sure that everybody just understands that it was just all fine. There was just a huge fight on the boat. Yeah. It was That's not a big deal. all there was. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. So on December 2nd, Natalie Wood was buried and Robert Wagner was publicly grieving. Everybody felt really bad for him. Yeah, and they said that the police were like, when they got there and they found Natalie dead, they kind of immediately were really coddling him and were like, hey, we're going to do everything we can to get you back to your house so you can be in private and you can grieve your wife in your home and all of these things, you know, we don't want to bother you with asking you too many questions right now. They were very... They babied the shit out of him. Yeah, and it... I mean, he was a star to them. Mm-hmm. Not as big of a star as Natalie Wood. No. But he was still a celebrity, and so they were very like, oh, let's just make you comfortable, do yeah. everything we can to make you happy. Exactly. So they they abandoned protocol, essentially. Right. Which yeah. is the same kind of thing that we saw with the John JonBenét Ramsey case. Yes, exactly. Abandoned protocol, didn't really give a shit about um the rules or proper handling of a case yeah just so silly so uh that's what like after everything they decided to dive into natalie wood and robert wagner's relationship and it said that about their relationship they had a lot of tension because There was public tension from being swarmed every time they went somewhere and it was taking a toll on their relationship. Like, yeah, yeah, paparazzi, uh, camera crews, like all kinds of stuff. I mean, they couldn't go anywhere, do anything. That's the level of celebrity that Natalie Wood was. And I guess Robert Wagner was by association. Mm -hmm. Um, Natalie Wood, her career was taking off and Robert's was leveling off, which was, Really hard for him to swallow because he was so young at the time. Yeah, well, and he never. His was leveling off, but it never hit the level that hers did. He was more. He had starring roles in TV series, but he wasn't a movie star, and Mm -hmm. she was. And that in acting is the hierarchy. Yes, not anymore. But back then, then it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was hard for him. And I I remember reading somewhere like a long time ago that two celebrities like the if they get married or just in relationships, they're more likely to work out if they are different types of celebrities. So like an actor and a musician, maybe or an athlete and an actor, because even that way, if one is doing much better than the other, there's not really a competition right. because they're not they're not in the same industry necessarily. But when you've got two actors or two musicians, one of them is going to be doing better than the other. And for some people, they can't be happy for their spouse, like Robert Wagner. Right, he's just jealous. Mm-hmm. It pisses him off. Yes, it makes exactly. him feel less than. Yes, and Natalie, she had done. The movie Splendor in the Grass with Warren Beatty, which was about this I've never seen it, but it's about this intense love affair between Natalie Wood's character and Warren Beatty's character. And at the time, Warren Beatty was the Romeo of Hollywood, like he was bird, dog, and chicks all over the place. Yeah, and so everyone assumed that they were having an affair outside of the movie, and that made Robert Wagner super jealous. He was just a jealous husband no matter what. But Yeah. So at that point her marriage was suffering. They were married for 5 years. This is like the beginning. So they they met, they got married, mar- were married for 5 years. Then they went their separate ways. Like yeah. it just kind of fizzled out. It wasn't going well. Well, and after that I read that she and Warren Beatty did date mm. for a few years, but mm-hmm. then they split up. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And so this is when the newly single Wagner went to England and he had a relationship with a woman whom he, even, he eventually married and they had a daughter or he had a daughter with, excuse me. His career was starting to grow again and he was feeling good. Um, Natalie had married the British director, Richard Gregson, and she had their daughter, Natasha. So one night Gregson was out of town and she went to a dinner party And Robert Wagner was there. And Wagner said, this is his account of what happened. He said he looked across the room, or they looked across the room at one another, and they just knew they still loved each other. They had never lost fallen out of love with each other. And so Wagner went ahead and divorced his wife. Natalie found out that Gregson was having an affair with their personal secretary. So both of their relationships were over, and a few months after that, they began dating for the second time, and then they were married um, on a yacht off of the coast of Malibu. Her sister, uh, Lana, said she was stunned and asked Natalie why she would marry him again, and she said, because the sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. That is eerie to me. Mm-hmm. Like... First of all, I don't know. I feel like if you were like, Torella, why did you marry Andrew? And I'd be like, well, not because I love him, not because he makes me happy, not because we can laugh together. Not because because I kissed the boy behind the magazine, (laughs) But because the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. That's, I don't know, just knowing what happened later too, that's just, that's kind of awful. I don't really think that you'd find a card... Hallmark that said that <laughs> on the inside of it. Happy the anniversary. <laughs> because the devil you know is better <laughs> than the devil you don't. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So in 1974, that's when their family of four expands because Robert Wagner had a daughter, Natalie had a daughter, and then they have a daughter together, and that daughter's Courtney. And Lana said that. She Natalie adored being a mom. She put her career on the back burner, and that's when Wagner's really took off. So he got on a hit show that was called Heart to Heart. And after focusing on family for years, Natalie decides that she wanted to go back to work because she really did kind of just jump into that mom role, and she really didn't work at all. And she had been working her entire life since she was like seven, right? So she really wanted to get back into it. So that's when she was cast in the sci-fi movie Brainstorm opposite of Christopher Walken, which was the movie that they were working on together right when the Thanksgiving weekend had happened because they were on the set of the movie Brainstorm and they broke or whatever you call it, you know, paused production for Thanksgiving. And she was like, why don't you come on the yacht with me and Robert Wagner? That just seems, I don't know, like, no. Natalie knew how jealous Robert was. I don't know if Robert already thought that she was having an affair with Christopher Walken or if he began to suspect that over the weekend. I don't know. Just knowing how their relationship was, I feel like that's a a strange proposition. And I feel like if Christopher Walken was as, because they have said that on that weekend when they were on the boat for Thanksgiving that Christopher Walken was super, super flirty with Natalie and like telling her, you know, doting on her and showering her with compliments. You're such a great actress. You're so amazing. Like all this stuff, which could be completely true. But if he's going to do something like that, I would guarantee that's not the first time he would do it. So she would probably have known you know, like, right. Yeah. He, he might make, not that it's okay for anybody to be as jealous as Robert Wagner was, but like, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. If your husband flies off the handle about stuff like that in general, if you know, this guy is very complimentary of you openly like that, you know, your husband's going to get pissed Mm -hmm. even if there's nothing there. Right. Just how he is. And like to invite that person on an intimate trip for multiple days at a time is kind of crazy to me but it just it seems like something that that Robert wouldn't have been okay with I don't know and we're certainly not victim blaming in any way shape or form but it, it is just strange because if if Robert was as jealous as everybody says he is and I do believe that he was he and he even said in his memoir that he was a jealous person but it just seems like they would have had a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, you know, we're on set and it's Thanksgiving weekend and maybe he just didn't have time to go back home or whatever. So let's invite him on the boat with us. It seems like Robert would have been like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I well, don't know why he agreed to it. It's and, just weird. But maybe that was kind of a point of contention with them. Like Maybe Natalie was like, it's my goddamn weekend too yeah and then she brought him anyway and maybe they kind of because if they had such a tumultuous relationship and it was kind of volatile and definitely not it was a toxic and not healthy relationship I I don't know what kind of person she was I don't know what kind of marriage they had but maybe she was like my give a damn's busted I'm just gonna bring him anyway yeah, maybe. I don't know. This is all speculation because that's all we can do, but. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she was just like, well, fuck it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm tired of you telling me what to do all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's true. So, weeks after her death, an unnamed source comes forward and claims that Natalie and Walken were having an affair. And this is just a claim. It can't, it's not validated or anything. Nobody knows. No. But so the first theory was that Natalie and Walken were having an affair and Wagner got super pissed. And that's when the fight broke out on the yacht. Yeah. And that's why she was like, I've had it. I can't deal with this. I'm going to leave. I think that's probably the closest thing. But I think that the affair was in his mind. Right. Yes. I don't think that that was a necessarily true thing. But it's amazing what your mind can do when you want it to. You know. Yeah. can really run away from, with you. But the second theory was that Walken and Wagner were having an affair. And Natalie was super pissed. And apparently there were a lot of rumors around that time that Wagner was bisexual. I have no idea. There's not, they're not founded. I don't know. Well, so Dennis Deverne. Okay, maybe they are founded. (laughs) Said that, so I listened to, just to put this out there, I listened to the podcast Fatal Voyage. It was a 12 part series on Natalie Wood's death. And it was put together by Dylan Howard, who makes appearances in a lot of documentaries because he he does like OK Magazine and uh, National Enquirer, stuff like that. I, I can't remember. All, he's involved in a lot of them. He owns like a media company. So basically, it's really tabloidy mm-hmm. um, because like that's what he does and in touch. He, and yes, stuff. he does star and in touch and all that. Yeah. So um, that's how the. That's how things are worded in his podcast. So he kind of was, you know, always like, and in a bombshell, exclusive, never before told, you know, blah, 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 blah. But Dennis Devern said that, he said there's absolutely no way that Wagner and Walken would have had an affair. First of all, he was like, well, he called him RJ. Everybody called him RJ. Yeah, a lot of people called him, I guess that's what he goes by. But he said, Wagner hated Christopher Walken basically to his core. And he was like, based on the events of that weekend and their interactions together, it was not friendly. They did not like each other. It didn't seem like. And Robert Wagner fucking like wanted to get rid of christopher walken he was like if there was going to be any type of interaction between the two it was certainly not going to be romantic robert wagner probably would have wanted to kill him like he was really really not having christopher walken that weekend so he was like that wasn't going to happen but from what he had heard Was that during their first marriage? The reason that they separated when they did was because Natalie Wood walked in on Robert Wagner and their butler in a compromising position. (gasps) More turkey, Mr. Chandler. (laughs) So, again, I don't know. I don't know if that's 100% true. And I haven't read Dennis DeVern's book. Right. So, I don't know if that's in that, but Mm -hmm. that's what they said on that podcast. But, um weird. So there were there were lots of rumors about that kind yeah. of thing. I mean, not weird to have a relationship with your butler, but when you're married, it's pretty fucking weird, you know? Like Yeah, it's kind of not, not okay. Yeah, let's not let's not cheat. Yeah. Once a cheater, always a cheater. <laughs> exactly. In December 1981, Rasher continues digging for evidence. And so he did a second round of interviews with the three men on the Splendor. So it's Christopher Walken, R.J. Wagner, and Dennis Devern, And he's focusing on the broken wine bottle at that point. So he's like, what's up with the broken wine bottle? Why was there a broken wine bottle? Because they think that maybe Wagner got super angry, you know, like the the whole fight thing that happened. And they're like, it was from the rough waters. Like it – that's what broke the wine bottle. Yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. Love it. Um, then he asked about the argument that happened on the boat between Walken and Wagner. And they said that it was basically over Natalie's career that, um, it was that she was taken away from the kids too much, by like I think Wagner was like you know she's spending too much time away from our children and I'm sure Christopher Walken was like she is a very talented and beautiful person (laughs) and she needs to be on the screen yeah this is just what I'm imagining is happening yeah and but they were like it it was nothing really crazy it was nothing to like even take note of it was just we were just discussing it and we kind of got our tempers out of control or whatever so Detective Rasher couldn't really do anything about it so he brings the case to a close but that wasn't the end of the case. Sure was not. No. So a few What years, if that was the end of this <laughs> episode? <laughs> we're like, well, they just were like, well, I mean, I guess I don't know what happened. Yeah. So thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, a few years later, Dennis opens up to his friend, Marty Rooley. And later also he talked to Lana Wood. But he told her that the events of the night that Natalie died were not what everybody thought they were. So he told her that there was a big ass argument <laughs> because Walken was giving Natalie way too much attention. He was showering her compliments with compliments with Wagner right in front of him. So he thought that if they weren't having an affair physically, that there was something emotional going on. And he slammed that wine bottle on the table in a fit of rage and he looked right at Christopher Walken and said, what are you looking to do here? Fuck my wife. And Natalie was like, all right, I've had it. And she said she was going to go to her room. She didn't want to be out there for that. If that's true, RJ really called it like seed (laughs) it. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I mean, let's just call it what it is, especially, I don't know, that was Sunday. So Sunday morning, Saturday night. Yeah, that was plenty of time with Christopher Walken, I'm sure at that point, because if they were gone for Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving's always on a Thursday. Yeah. So we're talking about an extended weekend. Well, and even over the course of that weekend. So the night before that, Dennis said that they went to, you know, they had been up at the Avalon Harbor part Mm. of the island. So they had gone out to dinner and stuff there. And, in the afternoon, maybe it was the, uh, the next afternoon, but at some point that night, the, the vibe turned and Robert got pissed. So kind of the way that he was talking about it was that over the course of that weekend, Robert's interactions with Christopher Walken and his behavior just got more and more erratic. He kind of started seeming really paranoid. He was getting really rude. He was getting aggressive. And there was one point, I cannot remember now if it was Friday or Saturday afternoon, but Robert was fishing. He had like already cast his line and everything. And Natalie said she wanted to go out like back to the harbor for happy hour so she and christopher walken took the dinghy themselves dennis escorted them but took the dinghy and they go back to the harbor for happy hour and robert's like okay no problem i'll see you guys there later and then he met them there and everything was okay and then he kind of started getting pissy and they came back and it was just like well and you add alcohol to any of that they and were drinking just, yeah they non-stop drinking yeah, yeah. So that will definitely fuel a temper. But I wonder, too, if R.J. Wagner, now I'm on a nickname basis with him, if he was super jealous of Christopher Walken because Christopher Walken had a much more full film career then right. rj had you know there's a lot to be jealous of and then he's sharing the screen with his wife they yeah. have this like love affair situation going on probably in the movie i still have i mean i don't know if they even finished filming brainstorm i don't know but i would i would think that they were love interests in the movie right yeah probably so there's like a lot of for him to be jealous of yeah or they're potentially you know but also it's like if you're that jealous of them then why are you like okay? You guys go together for happy hour. Like it seems like you wouldn't be comfortable with that. Right. It just it seems like there was just this storm of all of these events that that agitated him more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So, because he, he stayed back on the boat for a while for a couple hours, and then they go well, if you already think your wife is having an affair with this guy, what do you think can happen in a couple hours? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, they're at a restaurant. They're somewhere public, but you know. I mean, they have bathrooms. (laughs) Yeah, and maybe while they're there, you know, they're having glasses of wine together and maybe they're holding hands or maybe they're kissing. Like, you don't know. Maybe there's a tug job under the table. There could be. We don't know. Depends on the table. We don't know. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know. It just seems weird that he would be okay with that. But then, like, Dennis was like, it would seem like everything was going really good. It would seem like everybody's having a good time. And then the whole air would change. You know, then it gets cold. And everybody's like kind of tiptoeing around because they don't want to piss RJ off. Maybe RJ hadn't had a good BM because sometimes when you travel, you don't. And maybe mm. he was agitated because he was constipated. That's true. You really don't. You when don't travel. No. It's rough stuff. Yeah. So. The night before all this happened, that would have been Friday night, they got in an argument, and Natalie wanted to leave. And so she asked Dennis to take her back to the harbor, and they went to a motel, and they got separate rooms, and, you know, he took her. So, and that's another thing that tells you she didn't go on the dinghy by herself. No, because if she would... She would have done it by herself on Friday night. Exactly. And she didn't. She had Dennis escort her. So they get up to the harbor. They get hotel rooms or whatever. And then he said they ended up just talking a lot. And she told him that she wanted to leave Robert. And she said that she was really scared. She was really worried. And she wanted to get a seaplane and go home. She wanted to get home as fast as she could. She didn't want to go back on the boat the next day. And... They tried to get a seaplane, but for whatever reason, they weren't able to. And so Dennis was like, he said the next morning, he was like, look, let's just maybe, you know, overnight, he's had a chance to cool off. Um, Let's just go back and see how everything's going and see if we can just round the weekend out, you know, and then you can do whatever you need to do when you get home. But just let's just finish it off or whatever. And he was like, you can make breakfast because he said she liked to make uh, like a Mexican breakfast. And he was like, we can just do breakfast and see how it goes, see how everybody feels. So she was like, okay, let's give another chance. So they go back and because basically they were stuck getting, they couldn't get home except for by that boat. So they were going to have to try to like get through it. So they go back, they do the breakfast. Dennis says it seems like everybody's having a good time. That's when they go down to the other part of the island. They go to dinner that night. All that stuff. But she was really, really trying to get off the island or off the boat mm-hmm. that the night before that. And she had Dennis escort her. But he said it was kind of that back and forth all weekend where it would seem like everything's going okay. And then there would be this big kind of blowout. And the whole mood would change. Everybody and it it's just weird to me too like seems like if you're Christopher Walken if they've already gotten in like a few fights by I friday feel, feeling so awkward like i'm i'm kind of ready to go yeah like i think i'm going to actually head out like yeah. because she even left the boat and was like talking about going back home on her own friday night i mean they were all made aware of that they were all aware that she left so it's like What's he doing during this time? Because Robert Wagner doesn't like him. Mm -hmm. Are they just on the boat not talking? Well, yeah, and Wagner did not make any, um, he didn't try to hide that at all, that he didn't like Christopher Walken, obviously. I mean, he was very, very open. Yeah, and so now you get to, so as if Friday wasn't awkward enough, then you get to Saturday, and now he and Robert Wagner are in an argument, and Wagner just, Blurts it out and says, What are you trying to do? Fuck my wife? Mm-hmm. So then Natalie says, I've had it. I'm going to bed. So she goes to bed. And then Walkins, like, You know what? I'm gonna go to bed too. So he retires to his room. Dennis said that there was a huge argument in the bedroom. So RJ followed her and there was more arguing. And he said it sounded like there was furniture being thrown around. And at one point he went up and knocked on the stateroom door and he said that RJ opened it slightly and he said that everything was fine and he said, go away. So after that, Dennis went back down to his room and he said that the fighting was so loud and he felt, he felt weird, like. He didn't want to be eavesdropping. Right. So he turned his music up really loud to try to like not hear everything because he was like, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be part of this. But it's like when your parents are fighting and you're like, you have to go to your room and you feel so uncomfortable because everybody knows what's happening, but nobody's supposed to be a part of it. Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll turn my music up really loud so I can't hear it or I don't hear it as much. But it was, it was that loud. Uh, Christopher Walken said he was sleeping this whole time. He must have been on some heavy sleep aids. Yeah, because apparently he didn't hear anything. Or he took his ears off. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> Maybe. So then after that, Dennis goes back on deck, and he sees RJ there. So he said he went to the back of the boat. Is that the stern? I don't know. I don't know. I think so. The Is bow the, was the, the bow front? Was the front. Yeah. So he goes out there, and he said that he could see RJ, And he asked where Natalie was. He just said she's gone. And he's like, well, what what do you mean she's gone? Like where? And he's like, she's gone. Somehow she ended up in the water. Mm -hmm. So Dennis is like, oh my God, let's turn the searchlight on. Let's see if we can find her. Let's call for help. Let's start yelling. Let's see if we can find out where she is and call for her and all this stuff. And he said that. Robert just kept saying, "We're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that." And he's like, "Well, why not? Like, why not? We we should be doing something right now. The water is frigid. She's gonna. She's not going to make it out there." And he's and said, she can't swim. <laughs> yeah, she cannot swim. So he's like, and I guess he knew at that point that the dinghy was gone, but he knew she wasn't going to take it by herself. And um, Robert said, "Well, just leave her. It'll teach her a lesson." And then he was like, let's just, uh, let's just drink. Let's get a drink and let's just think about it. Let's, it was almost like, let's figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. And Dennis is like, what the fuck? So Robert opened a bottle of scotch and he starts pouring drinks. And he said that he got kind of drunk. Because I'm sure sure RJ was like, scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. I wouldn't doubt if he slipped him something or, I mean, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say that because I don't know. But if you're kind of forcing somebody to drink a lot, what are you trying to do there? And it seems like they're trying to get, I think what Robert Wagner was doing was, because this is exactly what happened, was that way when Dennis started telling his account of what really happened he could just be like, he was super drunk. Mm-hmm. He has no idea what he's talking about. And everybody called Dennis a drunk when he started coming out with his real story. So it was, gave him some security. Yeah. On his, the story that he wanted to spin. Exactly. So Dennis said he felt terrible because he witnessed everything and he didn't do anything to stop it. Um, And I, I just, I don't know how I feel about that. Cause he, I mean, he said he was scared and I understand that to a point. And you're, you're alone on the boat with him, I guess, except for Christopher Walken, who seems like he's good for nothing at the moment. A point. non-issue. Yeah, it's like he's technically there but it was like he wasn't there that is so strange there as far as i can tell the staterooms are very close to each other they're very close it's not a huge boat like they're very close to each other Mm -hmm. it's like the size of a fucking u-haul you know like lengthwise it's not a cruise ship yeah exactly and later they did test on the actual splendor like um noise level test and they said that if Somebody in Dennis's stateroom could hear something going on. In R.J. and Natalie's room, Christopher's room would have heard every bit of it just as loud. There's no way you didn't hear it. I don't. Mm, but he maintains so he did weird. not hear anything. So weird. Yeah. So I don't know. And he says he he was just he was fearful. And, and also, I think I think he probably had I don't know. I'm trying to reconcile. Why would you not do or say anything? Or at least when the police ask you, why would you not come clean? But I think maybe he also had, like, this is my, this is the hand that feeds me kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I work for this man and like whatever he tells me to do, I do. Almost like a servant kind of. Yeah, he doesn't want to bite the hand that feeds him. Yeah. So I don't know. But he, he did what Robert told him to do, according to him. Yeah. And he didn't say anything. So. Hours later, finally, is when Wagner gets on the radio and he puts in a call and he said he was scared and he didn't know what to do. So after the incident, Robert actually had Dennis come to live with him. So this is after, you know, they get back. Dennis has identified the body. They go back to Beverly Hills. Robert says, you're going to come live with me. And Dennis said initially he thought, okay, we're both grieving. We're both going through something. We can lean on each other. I've known the family for a really long time. He said that he used to babysit their daughters. They called him uncle Dennis. Like initially he thought this was him just being close with the family. And he kind of saw it as, okay, I've kind of solidified my bond with these people. So and still so weird, though, it's so fucking weird. He also said that he knew that the girls had just lost their mother and he didn't want to do anything that would make them also lose their father. Oh, so but doesn't that tell you that something's going on there? Like, I don't know. So he said that he he moves in with them as Robert Wagner asked. And then he realized that he wasn't allowed to go anywhere by himself. So he couldn't leave the house. He was not allowed to go do anything. He Because Robert didn't want him just, like, going home and talking to people. Mm -hmm. Because Marty Rooley is, I forget her last name. Rooley. Rooley, yeah. She said that when she heard the news that Natalie Wood had died, she knew that Dennis worked for them. And so she was like, I wanted to call him and ask him what happened, you know, and she was like, but I knew we were very close and I would find out and he was busy and, you know, all this stuff. So she's like, I just waited. But, you know, it was years before he gave her any details. He would just say, I can't talk about it. And she thought that was really strange. Um, That is really strange because even if he didn't have the story or the lie that he was keeping for Robert Wagner, which I believe he was keeping a lie for Robert Wagner. Yeah, Something like big like that. Most people need to talk about it, to process it and to get through it. I mean, maybe that's not the kind of person that he is or that he was, but it's not like this is a stranger on the street. This is a good friend, close friend of his. Yeah. Somebody he was really close with. So if you are going to talk to somebody and process it, the loss of somebody that you consider a friend. Yeah, she'd be the person. They'd at been least very they'd acknowledge friends. it. You yeah. know. Yeah, and he's just like, nope, 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 can't talk about it. So he also, Dennis had a girlfriend then. Sometimes he's she's referred to as his fiance, sometimes his girlfriend. But he was very serious in a relationship with somebody at that point. I wonder if that's one of those things where if you asked her, she was his fiance, and if you asked him, it was his girlfriend. He did describe her as his girlfriend. So. She wanted to see him, and so she ended up showing up at Wagner's house and was like, excuse me, <laughs> I want to see my boyfriend, like WTF. I excuse haven't seen me. him. Squeeze <laughs> yeah. me. It's been since Thanksgiving, bitch. I want to see him. And the bodyguards would be like, he's busy. He can't see you. Sorry. Go away. He's He's busy. Go away. He's washing his hair. Yeah. So she's like... What the fuck is going on? So finally, he was like, look, I want to see my girlfriend. Like, I haven't seen her in a long time. I want to see her. I want to go. He said he wanted to go spend the night at her house. And they were like, no, you're not spending the night at her house. So That's so weird. Yeah, so Robert had a bodyguard drive him over to his girlfriend's house. And they let him hang out there for a little bit. And then they came inside and were like, he said, well, he said they started banging on the door really hard. And they were like, all right, time to go. Got to get out of here, and he's like, "I've only been here like a half hour," and they were like, "Nope, gotta go." So he ended up only being able to see her for like they let him stay for a little while longer, but not more than an hour or two. It's just really weird, and he ended up living at Robert Wagner's house for over a year. They wouldn't let him leave. It's That's so 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 weird. weird. It's reminiscent of R. Kelly. Mm hmm. Super weird. It's just so weird. So. Another strange thing that happened after Natalie's death is that Jill St. John, who is Robert Wagner's current wife, still move, almost moved in like immediately. That's what current means. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, moved in almost immediately. They started dating a couple weeks after like people people reported that when Robert got back from Catalina Island, that one of the first people that he had come to the house was Jill St. John. So she shows up at the house. And then after that, she's just like always there. And they were openly in a romantic relationship within a few weeks after Natalie's death. And now this is somebody that Robert says was the love of his life. You know, they had a kid together. They, he's acting like he's just totally devastated That she's gone, and now he's basically moving another woman into his house. Like, Lana said that their official time that they started dating, like, what they say was Valentine's Day, but this was... So, Valentine's Day, the very next year when she died the weekend of Thanksgiving, so that's at the very most three months. Right. Two and a half months or so? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you doing there? So, I mean, all of that is really... Is really strange to me. Oh yeah, I think it's a little bit. It's quick. It's very quick. It's very quick, and no one can say what you would or wouldn't do. I mean, we're not never trying to do that, but it just is like I don't know. Just yeah, did you when grieve it all, are you sad? Like I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> when you strange. look at all of the different pieces, it's just very strange. Mm-hmm. And Robert Wagner was basically left everything in natalie woods will so she made some provisions for her sister she gave she left her clothes and her furs and stuff to her sister and she left some stuff for her mom because she was taking care of her mom at that point i think her dad had already passed away Mm. but she was paying for her mom to have an apartment and stuff like that and natalie was a millionaire Many times over. She was very, very good with her money. She made some smart investments, and she saved a lot of money. So she was a multimillionaire. And Robert, first of all, did not make near as much money as she did. But on top of that, he was not nearly as smart with the money that he did make. So by this point, when she has died, he is now finally making the financial contribution that he wants to, Mm. but she already has a lot of money stored away. And that all that ended up going to him. Wow. So he, he had something to gain by her not being around anymore. If you want to look at it that way. Yeah. He, he gained significantly financially at least. Mm -hmm. So in 2009, Dennis DeVerne co-authored a book called Goodbye, Natalie, Goodbye, Splendor, which is what we were talking about earlier in his book that Terrell has not read, obviously. She admitted it earlier. <laughs> right. I haven't either. Um, there was another witness that police didn't handle correctly because they feel like, or it, it, it does not, it's no secret that they didn't handle any of the witnesses correctly, in my opinion. But after, right. you know, after Dennis came out and said all of these things that he had said, it's obvious that. So they didn't handle him correctly. They also didn't handle this ear witness. Her name is Marilyn Wayne. And she mentioned that she was in the same cove as Natalie in the splendor the night that she went missing. And she heard someone in the water in the middle of the night saying, help me, someone help me, please help me. And she said she was there with her boyfriend and her son and they kept, they heard someone calling out, help me for 20 minutes. And... Then they heard men answer her, keep your pants on, we'll get you. And the cries continued. That's so crazy. I, there are so many things because it's so hard because it's like, what would you do in that moment? But if you hear someone crying out for help and you're just like, well, this is awkward. I mean, I don't know what, can can you do anything in that moment? Well, she did. She actually said that her husband or boyfriend or whoever tried calling in for help and nobody ever answered back because there was they couldn't get a hold of the coast guard or whatever Mm. um but she said they tried they tried calling for help several times and she said that she kept yelling out to the person saying where are you because she was like if we could find where they were maybe we could go over there and she said that she even told her her boyfriend like I'll jump in and swim around see if I can find her. And he was like, you're going to die. Like you will have two dead bodies. Like, cause you'll, mm-hmm. you'll die of hypothermia. But she said that they tried to help and then they couldn't hear, they couldn't hear it anymore. And then they also tried because the, the general belief is that first of all, that they didn't try to help at all. They were just like, yeah, we heard somebody calling for help for 20 minutes and then it stopped and we assumed everything was fine. But that's not what happened. And then people also were like, well, if if that's what really happened, then why didn't you tell the police? And she said that they called all that next week. They were calling over and over and over trying to talk to detectives to let them know what they had heard. And they were like, we, we've already... It was an accidental drowning. Like, we don't need your help, thanks. Like, the police didn't want to talk to them at all. That's insane. Yeah. That is so sad. <laughs> so Robert Wagner, he came out or he has a biography and in his biography he addresses natalie woods drowning and he said that there was no foul play it was an accident yeah of course right because why would he i mean he's still alive at this point i wouldn't think that anything would come out on his end unless he couldn't be held responsible for it and he's 88 years old now so he did finally i mean he did say in that that he was a really jealous person yeah. and that he did argue with Christopher Walken. So at least there's that. Um, years go by and nothing is done. Like it's just the case goes cold basically. Um, and then in 2011, after hearing the accounts of DeVern and Wayne, the LA Sheriff's office makes a major announcement and they decided to take another look in the, at the case. And DeVern's account matches up with the evidence and he passed several polygraph tests yeah and he um, he also, because of what he said, you know, a lot of people thought that he was making it up or that the only reason that he was coming out with a different story was because he was getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. But his account and his statement changing led to Robert Wagner admitting to the fact that he had had a fight with Natalie Wood that night. And he had never admitted that before, but that's what Deverne said happened. And then he finally was like, well, yeah, I mean, we did get into an argument, but it wasn't that big of a deal. See, and that just validates Deverne's story because if something happened, you don't omit. Like, I don't know. We've talked about this before. You can forget very big detail something changes slightly but a whole different story where oh okay yeah okay yeah yeah we did we fought okay yeah that's completely different from what you said before yeah like, because he said everything was fine and then she, she was just missing. gone yeah. yeah like there was no argument or anything it doesn't make any sense exactly yeah. and christopher walken has kept completely tight-lipped about the night of natalie's death in 1986 he gave a brief statement to people magazine in which he said I don't know what happened. She slipped and fell into the water. I was in bed then. It's a terrible thing. Look, we're in a conversation that I won't have. It's a fucking bore. What does that even mean? A fucking bore? Oh, uh, I know. Like, you I can't be bothered by this, Christopher yeah, Walken? I don't know if he's trying to say, like, I don't know anything, so it's a boring topic to bring up because I can't add oh, to okay. it. Okay, I hope to God that's what he meant. That's what I hope, too, because what I, what I take from it initially is, who cares about this? Which is, is just awful. terrible. I yeah, know. I'm, I'm mad at him. I know. I I used to think, because of course, you know, any good Christopher Walken, Walken, Ooh. whoa. Um, impression, great. Love it. I love when anybody does a Christopher Walken impression. I really enjoy quoting him sometimes. And I liked him in Weapon of Choice, which we already discussed. But after this case, I'm like, oh, I just don't. He He's not the same as he was to me before and I just don't know how I feel about him now. It seems very like politics for him like I don't want to ruin my image by getting involved in something so I'm just going to not be involved. Right I'm just gonna wash my hands of it. Yeah but it's like you were there you can't change that but it's almost like this thing it's so weird to me because it's like if you picture the boat and they're conversations and everything that happened this weekend it's like christopher walken was there but like a robot version of himself or something it's like physically his body was there but he wasn't there Mm -hmm. because nobody i mean they talk about him a little bit and he was complimentary and this and that but it's like you get in these fights with robert wagner robert wagner is openly fighting with natalie you're on a boat with them and everything's just like You're not expressing that you're uncomfortable. You're just going to go to bed. Yeah. You're like, okay, bye. And I mean, I guess on a boat, that's probably the only place you really can go. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to my room now. But he stayed. I don't know. It just seems like, aren't you going to say something like, hey, how about we call it an early weekend (laughs) or like, you know, like cut it off? Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. It's like he was, he was always there, but, but he, he added nothing to it. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's bizarre. It's super bizarre. doesn't make any sense. So they reopened the case um, 30 years later in chief medical examiner. Say it. <laughs> oh, I'm so nervous to say it. It's, so, it's, it's a challenging name at best. Chief medical examiner, Dr. La- Lakshmanan <laughs> Sathya Vajiswaran. I don't think that I did that terribly. No, I think it was better than I thought it was going to be. Dr. Lakshmanan Sathya Vajiswaran. Wow. Looked at the report that Dr. Thomas Naguchi had done to see if he agreed. So he was looking to see if there were any discrepancies. Did he completely agree with the accidental death, the bruising, all that stuff. Right. And he decided the bruising did not match up with the story of how they got there. Because he found multiple bruises that Dr. Namaguchi... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> doctor Naguchi, I'm so sorry. I'm thinking I put Naguchi and Yamaguchi together. Doctor Naguchi did not even address in the press conference or anything to say where they came from, like bruising on her face. She had bruising everywhere. She bruising on her mm-hmm. face, um, on her arms, legs, hands, everywhere. Yeah. His. So the. I, I'm not even going to try to say it. This the newer doctor. Just say Lakshmanan. Okay, Doctor Lakshmanon. Oh, I said it. Said in his report, with the presence of fresh bruises in the upper extremities in the right forearm, left wrist area, and a small scratch on the anterior neck, this examiner is unable to exclude non-accidental mechanism causing these injuries. The location of the bruises, the multiplicity of the bruises, lack of head trauma, or facial bruising, support bruising having occurred prior to entry in the water. Since there are unanswered questions and limited additional evidence available for evaluation, it is opined by this medical examiner that the manner of death should be left as undetermined. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that the way that where her bruises were and the way that they looked Mm -hmm. didn't match with her falling into the water and so he thinks they were there before so maybe this was maybe it was kind of a physical altercation between he and natalie dennis said that it sounded like furniture Furniture. was being thrown around maybe natalie was being thrown around because she had bruises all over her and one thing that i remembered or kind of linking to this case a little bit is a few years ago in 2017 i had a friend who I used to work with that drowned in Center Hill Lake here. And she had been like, you know, partying with some friends on a houseboat. Uh, her boyfriend was there. Was it a holiday weekend? Mm, no, I don't I remember, think of course it was in the summertime, but I, I don't know why I thought it was a holiday weekend. It, it was actually in April. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it was early April. I thought it was like around... In my memory, it was, like, Memorial Day, but it was April. Okay. Yeah, so they were, like, partying, drinking, having a good time, whatever. And she disappeared after she said she was going to bed. So all of her friends were like, you know, Amy said she's going to bed. And then we didn't see her for the rest of the night. And her boyfriend said that when he went to bed, she was there. And then when he got up in the morning, she was gone. And nobody knew where she was. So they're all looking around for her. They finally, you know, make some phone calls. And they end up finding her body 65 feet underwater. And when they recovered her body, she had a broken nose, which came from her fall off the dock. So she either hit the dock or she hit the side of the boat or something. So what had happened with her is she actually came off of the boat. She walked onto the dock and then she, she fell off into the water. Um, But she, she had broken bones in her face. And this medical examiner is saying, I mean, if you think about it, if Natalie is, because one of the things Robert Wagner said was that the dinghy was banging against the boat and it was making her mad because she couldn't sleep. So she went out there herself and was going to retie it that's ridiculous yeah so that it didn't bang and then maybe she slipped and fell into the water but they're saying if she slipped and fell like that she would have hit the front of her face like on the side of the dinghy or on the side of the boat she would have hit stuff going down because of the way everything was situated and it just reminded me of that because i remember that that's what happened her my friends was was an accident they found footage and she she literally just maybe she was still intoxicated maybe she was sleepwalking but she walked off the dock and the the video camera it's grainy but they said you can see splashing in the water and eventually it stops and then they found her but so sad it's so sad it's a terrifying and way she to was go. so young she was only 35 yeah, and Ugh. she was a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had injuries that matched, you know. A she, fall, accidental fall. Yeah, she didn't have bruises on her arms and stuff. and And I don't know that the bruises on Natalie's arms would have been, you know, did they look like somebody grabbing or something like that. But they were just in areas that didn't match up with the way that they said they occurred. Well, and the police mishandled the case from the beginning because they didn't even look at Dennis Deverne, Robert Wagner, or Christopher Walken for any defense wounds on them. No. They didn't do a sweep of the yacht to see, you know, I mean, they saw the broken wine bottle, but once they reopened the case... All of that stuff is thirty years old at that point, or older. You know, like it's right there. they can't go back and recreate the crime scene. Nobody no. kept it preserved, and and they, they also said that they didn't even, you know, they said it's standard protocol in an autopsy like that to to get under the, your yeah under the fingernails. Stuff. They didn't do that. Now, if they'd found Robert Wagner's DNA under her fingernails, what's that going to tell you? They're married. Yeah, but still, they did, they did They didn't do it. They did not follow protocol like they were supposed to because now they've got movie stars and Mm -hmm. they don't want to piss them off. Mm -hmm. They don't want to make them uncomfortable. This is an investigation. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. So he couldn't say what exactly what happened because there wasn't enough evidence and he couldn't tell if any of the men on the boat had any signs of struggle. So it's just there's nothing that he could do with the information that he had had from the autopsy because too much time had passed and he didn't have enough pieces of the puzzle to put it together. And would it be possible if they exhumed her body to get any additional clues? Maybe. But again, even if they found DNA, you know, if it's Robert Wagner's, you could yeah, that's to be expected. And even if you find DeVernes or Christopher Walkins, it's going to be expected. They were all on a boat together that weekend. Yes, exactly. So in, the, in the, 2012, Natalie's death certificate was changed from accidental death to drowning and other undetermined factors. And while they're reopening the case, Robert Wagner is completely silent. He makes no statements about it. He does not say anything about it. Mm-mm. In 2018, detectives named Robert Wagner as a person of interest in a press conference. Lieutenant John Carina of the L.A. Sheriff's Department Homicide Bureau said that the details Wagner has offered up on the fateful night really don't add up to what we've found. He's a person of interest because he's the last person with her before she went in the water. This is a suspicious death investigation. We want to know what happened from the time of the argument to when she got in the water. Detectives found a new witness that said that he saw two men on the back of the Splendor, which corrobor- corroborates what Deverne said and they also heard the intense arguing arguing going on and then it just went silent. So that definitely really secured Deverne's story and also right. Marilyn Wayne's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So more people are coming forward but I think that that just goes to show you that the case was not handled I mean no one can deny that the case was not handled the way that it should have been handled. But did they even comb through the people that were in the area after it happened and a- question them? I mean, obviously not, because even Marilyn Wayne is desperately just trying to call them to give right. them information. And they're like, no, bitch, we don't need your help. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like that Adnan Syed case, with mm-hmm. Asia McLean. She tried to let them know, and they were like, yeah, we don't need your help. Yeah, is it, um like, would it be a, what do you call it, like... Is it an ego right thing where you don't, you're like, no, we've decided, we've already said that it's an accident, so we're not going to admit that we got it wrong. Yeah. Or like, what? what is it? It's just so ridiculous. I mean, there are some like kind of conspiracy theories a little bit with this too, in the sense that like how well connected Robert Wagner was. And he was also really close with like Frank Sinatra. And I think it was was it Marilyn Wayne or was it Marty Ruley? One of them said that they got a letter from Frank Sinatra's people that said, if you want to stay healthy, you better shut your mouth. <gasps> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Damn. Like there obviously were people trying to not get some of this out, but again, it's like, what Robert Wagner kept saying was that he didn't want people to suspect him cause he had nothing to do with it. But it's like Diane Downs when she said, you know, I'm worried that Christie's going to pin this on me. Is going to think I did it. And her friend's like, why the fuck would Christie think you did it? If you didn't do it, why would she think you did it? Like right. you're, you're going too much in detail about it. And you're, Going Like, if you really had nothing to do with it, then why do you have to take such extreme measures? If you had nothing to do with it, why do you have to essentially kidnap Dennis Deverne for a year? Yeah. Why do you have to go around telling everybody snitches get stitches? Basically, yeah. So, like, he had him in his house long enough to where he thought, okay, you're not going to say anything. You understand what the consequences are, and now we're going to let you go, and you better not say anything. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to do that if you didn't have anything to do with it? Right. Exactly. Doesn't make any sense. No. Just a guilty conscience. So I mean, it seems like they're still working on it, but at this point, it's gonna be. It's gonna have to be somebody. I think Dennis DeVerne is saying everything that he can say, mm-hmm. and everybody that has come forward has come forward. You know, like everybody that could has. So yeah, it's gonna have to be some some piece of evidence or eyewitness testimony or something that that's gonna crack it wide open Mm -hmm. and or at least corroborate right now it's so circumstantial right absolutely and that's very very difficult to win and it's really difficult to prove drowning as murder or not Mm -hmm. i was actually reading an article on a defense attorney website and they were talking about it was basically like you know if you've been accused of drowning you can call us or whatever or like drowning somebody but they were talking about how I mean we we know because we've covered cases where like somebody's been murdered and then placed in water sure how difficult it is to then go back and really determine cause of death and stuff like that because the water washes away so much but it's really really difficult to prove whether or not somebody was drowned on purpose and There's so many factors. It's unlikely that Robert Wagner held her underwater and drowned her. But could he have pushed her off the boat? It's possible. Yes. Could they have gotten into an argument and during the course of that argument? Because Dennis said that they were fighting in the stateroom, but then they did go up to the deck. And he said that he couldn't hear them, really, because he had turned his music up so loud. But he said their gestures told him that they were still arguing so he moved himself to not be eavesdropping or watching them because he was trying to like not you know not overstep his bounds or whatever so but he said because of their gestures he knew they were still arguing is it possible that during the argument and this wild gesturing that she lost her footing and fell overboard possibly but is it also possible that if that happened Robert Wagner was like well that's what you fucking get, and I'll get to you when, you know, hold your horses, and I'll pull you out, and then just didn't, Big Fat didn't help her, you Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it's definitely, there's negligence there, and there's also something very strange with, if we're talking about 1130 to midnight, and you don't make your first call till 130, what are you trying to do there? He wanted to make sure that's what you're trying to do. Well, but he wanted to make sure that there was enough time that passed that if they found her, because had he radioed earlier, I was also reading about this, um, because of this case, but you can actually like, you can survive. You can be resuscitated. If you've been in water like that, even if you have, if your brain has been deprived of oxygen and things like that for, I think it said like 66 minutes, Wow. In very, very cold water, you can actually survive longer. Bodies are amazing. That, yeah. That can even be possible. But, and then also, I saw that movie Breakthrough. Oh, you, oh, right, 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 yes. And the little boy, oh, he wasn't a little, little boy. He was like 14 or something. Um, he's little f- to me. I know. I'm like, now that I'm a mom, I'm like, he's a baby. But he fell through the ice and he was in frigid water and he was... He was without a pulse for I think they said like 45 to 60 minutes. That's a long time. And in that movie, you know, they're like, how did he how did he come back? He came back with no brain damage or anything. It's it's very amazing. It's kind of a medical miracle. Um but from what I was reading, that's possible. Now, I don't know about brain damage though. I don't know what the state of your brain would be, but it's possible that had he radioed for help earlier and had they found her, maybe she would have survived. Right. So it seems to me that at the very least, if he didn't plan to kill her, which I don't think he did. He didn't stop it. Once he realized that that's what was happening, he was going to make sure that it didn't stop. Yeah. I I believe that Robert Wagner needs to be held responsible for his actions. Yeah. I think he did it. Yep, I do too. I don't think there's... For some reason, I didn't want to come out and say it, but yeah, what she said. <laughs> he fucking did it. <laughs> I think so. He did. And he got preferential treatment because he was a celebrity. Which that's debatable. Yeah, exactly. He's a has-been. Yep. Robert Wagner. Also, I didn't realize he was number two in the Austin Powers movies. Oh, <gasps> yep, he was the number two. No, uh, why no. did you tell me that? I'm sorry. I yeah. like the second one anyway, where it's like a young Rob Lowe, Robert, oh my God, uh, Roblo Robert number two, anyway. So that's fine with me. Anything Roblo is fine with me. I know, yeah. Reblo. So, Roblo, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's it. Is it. Yeah. yeah, let us know what you think, like if you think he did it or not, right? And okay yeah we'll catch you next time <laughs> as much as we try to make our intro and our endings outros not awkward um i'll be damned if we do it every time <laughs> we literally cannot help it mm-hmm. we're so fucking awkward yeah. Yeah, yeah but we also are weird and we curse a lot <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, best a review one. ever it's great yeah. well thank you so much for listening yep. and we'll catch you on the flip-flop bye bye Get in on the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at Killer Queens Podcast and join our Facebook discussion group at Killer Queens Podcast, where we discuss cases covered on the show and all things 90s. If you want to submit a case to be covered on the show, visit www.killerqueenspodcast.com slash case submission and complete the form. If we cover the case, we'll even give you a shout out on the show. Killer Queens is researched, mixed and mastered by our own damn selves. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. And our logo was created by Sloan Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Lilas! <laughs>